Blog Talk Radio. So um, 
combination is excellent for getting things done, getting getting a job done. Mars and Venus right now are sextiles. This is excellent energy for communicating and, on, and getting a job done with compassion. So combination of Mercury, Venus, and Mars right now is excellent because Capricorn goes real well with Scorpio. Jupiter is still retrograde in Gemini. Time to keep everything on the light side. If you're, um, you know, feeling bogged down, you would respond well to just some light conversation. Go out, meet someone, socialize, have a drink, go for a comedy, go see a comedy, you know, do something that's going to lighten it up, lighten up your life. There's access to that if it gets too heavy with all this Scorpio especially Saturn, which is next. Saturn in Scorpio. It's already at the 7th degree. Moving forward pretty quick, it does go retrograde at 11, so it's going to start slowing down um, because it's only a few degrees away from that. So by January, February, Saturn is going to be retrograde and coming back down into these lower numbers. This is about our Scorpios who were born anytime in October all the way up to maybe November the 2nd are definitely feeling a little constricted. Um, maybe you're not getting your needs met in the way you'd like for them to. Maybe you also find that certain people have come out of the woodwork and you need to kind of get rid of them. They don't serve you. Um, you. You know, you need to, like, clean house a little bit. That can be something about Saturn and Scorpio. While it's jointly held relationships, it's also about letting things go. Scorpio is about letting go, moving on, and bringing something new in. And Saturn is about cleaning out what no longer serves you. So Saturn and Scorpio can kind of go well together to help you clean house. And if you're not afraid of letting go of people or things that are no longer, quote-unquote, kind of good for you, then um, this could be a good time for you to go through who is it that you're actually clinging to that... Um, you might actually, you know, they that person may not actually be a benefit to you at this time. Uh, Uranus still retrograde, separating from Pluto. So even though, again, we're seeing some things going on in Egypt, it's not going to really, really kick in until 2013 when Uranus goes direct and once again squares Pluto. Neptune direct at zero degrees of Pisces, still very slow moving, very slow moving. It won't even be at the first degree. Um, it's been at zero degrees for a couple of months. Maybe kind of hard for people who were born in the late part of February. Um, but except for those people, I think that Neptune and Pisces is an opportunity for us to gain a greater compassion for you know global events. And if anything is going to bring us closer to a transcended state of consciousness anytime in the near future, it's going to be Neptune and Pisces. It's the ruling sign, and um, it has to do with transcendence through compassion for others. What better way could we transcend than to have compassion for others? So that's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig. You're listening to me on Inside Connection Radio, coming to you every Thursday live at 8 p.m. Pacific. I just want to check and see who's hanging out in the chat room. Hey, it's Craig. Hello. Hello. Hi, this is Lenise. Hi, Lenise. I figured it was you. You're just hanging <laughs> out listening, hon? Yeah, I saw you coming up tonight, and I said, well, it's always good to hear your astral report. Okay, great. Well, let's see what I have to say now about building our identity. Okay. So the the theme of the uh, of the show today came about from actually working with a couple of clients, as a lot of the themes do. And one of them today was uh, a woman, and we were talking about her little boy and how he doesn't necessarily fit into not a model of being a little boy. He's quite very much a little boy. It's just that he's very rebellious against a standardized routine. Doesn't necessarily want to go to bed early. Doesn't necessarily want to go to school when he when he need you know, doesn't necessarily want to wake up on time. Doesn't necessarily want to brush his teeth. He's perhaps a little rebellious. He's he's an Aquarius, I think, but and that can make him, you know, a little eclectic. But the idea was, and the conversation was, 
it might be hard for him to be um, needing to conform to a worldly model that he's not necessarily, you know, feeling that connected to. I see, you know, some people may naturally, you know, want to get up a little bit later in the day. They may even become adults and get jobs that serve them in that way, you know. I know some successful people even out here in L.A. who work with people uh, in different countries so that they can, like, you know, work until 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. And then um, the Internet definitely allows us to do that, you know, because, you know, sort of time is not involved when we're dealing with clients in the Internet. So, anyway, the conversation about identity and the way we build our identity and who are we uh, came from a couple of conversations, but one of them principally was this uh, lady and I were talking about her little boy. And it occurred to me that, you know, his rebellion could very much be about that we're not, we're trying to stuff him into our world when he may have his own world. And it made me think of that expression, you know, like, God bless him, he's living in his own world, you know, which is sort of like um, not a compliment, it's sort of like a little bit of a negative thing to say about someone say god bless them they're living in their own world it kind of means like they're spaced out or they're not really connected to what's really going on around them and and yet what's interesting about the the phrase and the concept and i did reframe it for the title of the show i reframed it not living in your own world but creating your own world so i wanted to kind of soften up the idea that um we're all creating the world that we're in based on our individual identities and who it is that we think we are is the way in which we construct the world that is built around us. So there's a little bit of, you know, law of attraction in there, but there's also a little bit about self-actualization and self-discovery and knowing what qualities you have and what qualities you're about in order to be able to say, well, this is what it is that I'm possible this is what's possible for me to manifest in my life if I'm aware of my own personal identity. So I said to the to the lady, I, I said, you know, maybe um, he we need to take a look at his world, you know, a little bit about his world and what would his world be like if he were in charge or if he were allowed to sort of run the show. And because it's so different from the world that uh, we're trying to compartmentalize him into, right? It's so different than saying like, okay, you're this person, but I'm going to now stuff you into a get up at 7 o'clock in the morning, brush your teeth, go to school, come home, do your homework, eat dinner, watch a little TV and go to bed by 9, you know. That's not who this person is. She has another uh, child that is like that that's totally you know like that's all good with the with the other kid but this kid it's like I don't really want to participate in this at all this is not what I'm really like you know wanting to be here for so he clearly has a strong sense of his own identity he's actually still fairly young he's a little bit younger than 10 but the point is that my thoughts as I was listening to her were well, you know, we're all different, and by the time we get to be adults, you know, perhaps isn't it a shame that there aren't some schools, let's say, that start for kids in the afternoon, you know, and then they can come home in the evening, and instead of having lunch, they have dinner. For kids that are more, let's say, their clock, right, that rhythm, that um, biorhythm thing, you know, that we're not all nine-to-fivers, so to speak. And and I thought how, you know, it doesn't really allow children to have their own identity to create their own reality because who this boy thinks he is, and he's a little bit of an artist, he's a, he draws and things like that, but who he thinks he is is not, um, is not, um, doesn't fit with the mold that they want to try and squeeze him into. So God bless him, he's fairly rebellious. It made me think to myself, um, 
who am I? You know, who am I and what is my identity and how has that created the world that I believe for myself and hence the show that we're doing tonight. So in astrology, the first house of our chart, there's 12 houses, but the first house speaks almost exclusively about the kind of personality that you're going to have and what you build your identity around. And it's interesting because that's about the rising sign. For those of you who know what your rising sign is, you could think about your rising sign and see how so much of the way we are is heavily linked with the rising sign, even more so than our sun sign. So much so, in fact, what's funny is that the little tidbit is that when when astrologers write horoscopes for the newspaper, they write them about the rising sign because it's the only way you can really write them is to write them about the rising sign. So if you know your rising sign and you read a horoscope in the paper, read your rising sign and your sun sign and see which one doesn't sound more accurate because horoscopes and newspapers have to be written generically so that when you're looking at uh, you know doing a general prediction you're predicting not for every aries but for all the people who have aries rising there's a little side tidbit for you my um my inside connection listening audience a little thing about horoscopes and the way that they're written um but the first house is about our identity and everything stems from there Everything that we uh, have in life, whether it's our home, our money, the way in which we communicate with people, our creativity, our children, our health, the relationships, our marriages, the way in which we connect with others, God, our career, and uh, our friendships, and even the way we have an unconscious connection with others, even our unconscious access to, uh, to others is set by the personality that we have, the identity that we take on. And being very clear about our personal identity is one of the most important parts of spiritual growth. When you go to Greece and you go to Delphi, when I was there, I think in 2004, which seems like forever ago, right, since it's already 2013, it's like nine years ago, wow. Um, but we went, we climbed in the mountains, and we went to Delphi, and this is the place where there was like this oracle in ancient times, and you could go in and the oracle would make predictions for you because they sat kind of over this kind of vent of trippy gas, I think. It was some kind of um, trippy gas that came out of the earth there, and so the oracle sat in there and was able to sort of get in touch with uh, higher consciousness by being a little bit out of their body. But anyway, that's a side note on that story. Above the entrance to the whole city, there was a plaque that said, Know Thyself. And the importance of that meant that if you knew yourself, then you could be true to yourself. And if you could be true to yourself, then you could live out your potential. You could attract into your life all of the things that you were meant to have. And you could find meaningful life a meaningful life you know if not necessarily what you would call a happy life all the time because happiness is fleeting we fluctuate between um happy and unhappy but the idea is that there could be a thread through your life of my life had meaning my life has meaning and it has meaning based on whether we're in touch with our own personal identity and, you know, have an understanding of who it is that we are. In astrology, I know that I'm able to use an individual chart to look at um, what, what, for lack of a better term, you would describe as positive and negative qualities. We try not to be judgmental, right? Because we recognize that in dualism, in a dualistic world, from a spiritual perspective, good and bad is all a judgment. But without having to, you know, parse words and, you know, look at that, some people would say that, most people would say that if we looked at human characteristics, qualities of behavior, we would say, yes, those are the good ones and those are the bad ones, right? If we looked at an Aries and we said, um, 
you could be very bold and you could be very entrepreneurial, but you could also be really full of yourself and um, really aggressive. So we would say being full of yourself and being really aggressive is not really good qualities. Somebody, though, might say, well, being really aggressive is good if that's what you need to do at work or whatever, you know. Um, Let's say you're a boxer. (laughs) You're a professional boxer, then being aggressive is a good quality. But, see, the point I'm trying to make is that we can take a look from our own point of view anyway is all that really matters at our personality and at the identity that we have, like who we think we are, and we can examine it in the light of, are these the qualities that I like about myself? Are these the qualities that I don't like about myself? We're not trapped in that. We can't get rid of who we are, but we are always making a choice. As a matter of fact, when people say, like, you know, do I have a choice? Is the future faded? Am I just simply stuck, you know, being who I am and and that everything is already laid out for me before me, the answer is really no. But the choice that you have is the actions that you take. And the actions that you take are based on your understanding of who it is that you are. In the tarot, we look at card number seven, key number seven called the chariot. And for those of you who are familiar with the tarot, you'll know that there are two horses or two sphinxes or, you know, two animals of some kind on the front of the chariot, and one is black and one is white. So one is representing the more, uh, well, the darker force, and one is representing the lighter force. Both of them exist and both of them are in, ba- are in balance in the universe. And uh, obviously they exist in our personality as well, the the. the the dark horse and the light horse. And the card says that where you are in your life right now or where you are at any point in your life is the accumulation of all of the experiences that you've had up until now. That every single experience has led to the next, has led to the next, has led you to be where it is that you are right now. And what horse you chose to ride while getting there could often indicate the kinds of experiences that are coming back to you. Interesting, right? So let's say that you decide to, you know, break up with somebody, but you break up with them because you're afraid of love or you're afraid of intimacy, and so you kind of run. And then years later, maybe you look at a relationship that you're in and you're not exactly happy there, but you did leave that other one behind. It's like saying, if you hadn't left that one behind at the time when you did, then your life would be different than it is right now. So all these choices, everything, every day, every day, the choices that we make are are cumulatively taking us to where it is that we are right now in this present moment. We could say, choose to go out in our car right now for a ride to this corner store and something could happen while we were on that ride. So even the choice to go get in the car is a part of the decisions that we're making that are taking us to the place where we are in our lives right now. That Those choices are always uh, different based on how much it is that we know about ourselves or don't know about ourselves. If we become clear that, um, you know, this is who I am and this is the way in which I want to be able to act or respond to the world, then we're going to get back from it the kinds of choices that say, well, I know who I am and that's why I'm doing it. Self-identity and being being more clear about who we are and the, and what it is we're bringing to the table, I guess I could be more specific about that, but I could say like, okay, so from my point of view, Dr. Craig's point of view, okay, I'm an astrologer, that's part of my identity. It means that I do see myself in some ways being insightful. You know, it's like you, can, you don't become an astrologer if you don't have some self-identity that you're insightful in some way. Because if you don't feel like you have that to bring to the table, why would you make that choice for a career? And so there we are with choices, right? The choices for career is just one example based on what it is that we know about who we are. 
So the chart itself has an off, a lot of an opportunity to talk to us about that. I know next week's topic is going to be what we can learn from astrology, and I think that that's um, you know going to be a more comprehensive discussion about it in general. But the first the first part I think of that conversation has to be we can learn about who we are from astrology. We can learn about who we are. So we can learn about our own personal identity. In in astrology, it's the foundation of everything that stems from that. That's why it's the first house, which I also wrote in the show notes in the introduction to the show. And it's linked with Aries, because Aries is the sign that says, I am. It's It's connected with the spring the spring, the season, the spring. And so when when things are coming up out of the ground, uh, you know, springtime, all little new babies are being born, all that. So everything's being born. It has a new identity. Um, say something emerges from the soil like a flower. It comes up and it says, I'm here, here I am. That's the development of personal identity. And in, in human reproduction, it's the most moment when you take your first breath so you take your first breath you're no longer connected to your mother you become a unique individual at that point interestingly the time just prior to that when you're very aware you're actually a fully formed human being but you're still connected to your mother that's pisces that's representative of Pisces in the in like human development that we're aware but we're still connected and Pisces people are that way they're 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 very in tune with other people because they're conscious but at the same time they're connected in human development that's what just precedes birth because all of a sudden at the moment of birth you're no longer connected to your mother. You become a separate individual, and that is the moment of your individual identity. It doesn't. It's not. I'm not talking about you know whether we're viable or when the soul comes in or anything like that. I'm talking about a full personality. A full personality takes on itself the moment when we take our first breath because we're no longer connected to her. We have to do everything for ourselves at that point as far as function. We're breathing on our own. And from that moment on, every passage of time has to do with learning to take care of yourself on the next level from holding a bottle to holding a spoon to cutting your own, you know, dinner with using a knife, you know, cutting your own dinner to finally cooking it for yourself and hopefully getting an apartment and getting out of the house. So the the idea there, though, is that from that moment when somebody else was breathing for you and now you're going to have to do that for yourself, it just moves Someone else was eating for you, and now you're going to have to actually eat. Also, your individuality and your autonomy moves forward from that moment. So Aries is that moment in astrology. It's representative of that. You don't have to be an Aries, but if you are an Aries, you know that very well because Aries are very self-assured, very self-actualized, very aware of who they are. And I think what's interesting about their sign is that that awareness is really just about boldness and action and motivation and creativity so when you say when you would say to an aries well they know who they are what they know is that they've got a lot of ideas and they want to make them happen that's their identity in astrology we talk a lot more about what those you know what would be the things that they would want to create that would be determined by an individual chart but as we move around the wheel and i did want to touch upon all 12 signs tonight a little bit i wanted to say that like tauruses are going to be developing an identity around values values not only about money because tauruses can be kind of materialistic but values what it is that they value and um, what it is that they um, feel are values. So it's not just physical things that Tauruses value, but it can also be things like loyalty, which is why Tauruses are customarily very loyal. 
So if they can build their identity around that, like I'm a person who's, who knows good value and who has good values, that's a tremendous identity place for a Taurus to be able to launch the success of their life. Uh, next sign is Gemini. Geminis need to be very educated. They need to feel very free in what it is that they're learning. Educated doesn't mean like going to school necessarily. It just means that they're informed. So wherever it is that they want to get their their um, information from, it could be from magazines, it could be from the internet, um, you know, it could be from anywhere. It could just be from telling stories with neighbors and things like that. The 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 Gemini identity needs to be built around a sense of humor, an understanding of language or how to communicate and either make people laugh or be able to laugh when you hear people making jokes um, and also to be able to communicate and socialize. Um, the next sign is Cancer. Cancers want that sort of home environment, they want that domesticity, they want to be able to build their identity around a sense of, do I have individuals in my life to nurture? Do I have individuals in my life to care for? Are there people in my life to care for me? Leo identity is built around a sense of, I am this to people, I have this creativity, and I want to be able to lead. So Leos have an identity of being leaders. If they can connect with that, then I think they're they're more in line with what their personal uh, success can be about. Virgos is about service. How can I serve you in a practical way? Libra is about relationships. Many Libras do not feel personally fulfilled unless they're in uh, substantial committed relationships of different kinds, either at work or personally or maritally. Uh, Scorpio actually has an identity not only built around insight but built around truth and trust. So it's sometimes hard for Scorpios to trust people, but I think if they can build their identity around, well, I am a truthful enough person that I've learned to trust or I have these trusted relationships in my life, that can be a really great place for them to develop the insight and intimacy that they're looking for. Sagittarians really want higher truth. That's how they build their identity. It's um, it's about a quest for higher truth through either spirituality or law or philosophy or religion or travel, but somewhere the core of it is about higher truth. Uh, Capricorn is always about social status. How is it that I've made myself in the world? What is it that I've made myself in the world? It doesn't mean social status like a negative interpretation of that. It's just Capricorn identity is going to be always built around, am I who I want to be in the world? It's very paternalistic. It's the opposite of Cancer. Cancer is the domestic and Capricorn is the professional. So if it's a, say, somebody might just want to be married, but the purpose of being married, if it's a Capricorn reason, it's because it gives you a certain status to be married, as opposed to, say, the Libra reason for being married, which is to be in a kind of contractual agreement with somebody so that you can work it out. Um, Aquarius is about groups and ideals and friendships, and we often find that our ideals are coming out in friendship environments. So... Um, we develop a group of friends because they reflect our highest ideals. And um, the Aquarian identity is often built around the friendships that they keep, whether they're being generous and humanitarian with others, whether they're bringing goodness to their group, goodness to their community. And again, we're back to Pisces, which is the um, Piscean identity, the healthy Piscean identity is based around compassion. Do I have empathy for those people who need me to serve them in an emotional way? Somebody who needs to be understood, somebody who needs for me to get what's going on with them. Am I doing that? Am I that person? I, am I empathic? Am I compassionate? And for each of the signs, the identity that gets built, especially if it's what I just described, the healthy identity uh, structure, if it's the, the healthy identity, then everything after that becomes well-developed and well-expressed. 
if we begin with knowing who we are and accepting who we are, and like I say, through astrology, there's an enormous amount of of uh, self-understanding that can be gained. If we can do that, then all of the other facets of our life, and in astrology, they're about uh, money and finance and um, communication and brothers and sisters, family and home, creativity, work, uh, marriage, uh, sex and intimacy, philosophy, religion, and a relationship with a higher power, career and what you do with society, what you do for society, um, friendships, ideals, and groups that you belong to, and then a connection to others, somewhat of a spiritual connection to others. All of those other facets fall into place when we come to an understanding of our personal identity in a healthy way kind of brings up the question of what do we do if we're stuck in a place where our where our personality is expressing itself in an unhealthy way and i think i think that's a uh you know a a big good uh segue for um for you know my discussion tonight i uh i'm going to play passage to promise right now though and when i come back we're going to talk about how do we manage uh, the shadow side of our personality, the shadow side of our identity, the dark horse that we might be riding, and the effects that that can bring into our life? <laughs> Accomplished 
largely through self-reflection and um, you know so awareness is always based on our ability to uh, be I think honest and clear with ourselves if if we're if we're not capable of that if we're not capable of introspection then it's going to be very difficult for us to really come to terms with our identity and the physical effects that it's creating because identity is the foundation of our ability to manifest what it is that we're manifesting in our lives. So I think the question I asked, though, was how can we become more aware? One of the first answers that that, that does come to mind is that we can have relationships in our lives. Um, Whether it's a husband or a wife or whether it's children, I think a lot of people are very clear if they have children that that children are great mirrors because they'll usually happily tell you pretty much what it is that they think of you or what it is that they see in you. And likewise, a husband and a wife will do that if it's an honest and open relationship where we feel safe enough to be able to share what it is that we see in someone else and, um, you know, let them know what's going on in their personality. After that, it takes a certain amount of um, self-honesty which is a huge thing in personal growth because it's very difficult for any of us to grow if we don't have have self-honesty because, um, you know, where where will we be in our own own discovery of, of our identity and the shadow side if we're not capable of saying, well, yes, those qualities are mine and yes, I did do that to you or yes, I, you know, yes, I did behave in that way. And again, when we when we become empowered by become by being honest in that self honest way and taking a full accounting of what our personality is composed of, then we continue to manifest what it is that we want. We say like, okay, what I said in the beginning that our personality is what it is. It is a defined and given entity. But what we one of the choices that we've been given is the choice we make to act from that personality. You could be a Gemini and you could be talkative and funny, or you could also be extremely dismissive and insensitive. But do you have to be? dismissive and insensitive just because those are qualities of Gemini or or duplicitous, you know, Gemini the liar, the you know, the the, the famous liar of the zodiac. But I mean, does Gemini have to be that way? Absolutely not. There's even though it becomes a part of the personality structure, it's what we act on that's what that's what creates um basically our future in front of us. It's interesting that when I look at transits, transits, that's how we do predicting in astrology. And we say like, um, you know, oh, well, your Neptune, transiting Neptune is square your sun, right, or something like that. That's a transit. And in astrology, it has a meaning. Um, And transiting Neptune square the sun, the example that I just gave, is not necessarily a very good one. It's not a very good transit. It doesn't necessarily bring out the best in us. But what's interesting about negative transits is that they give us an opportunity to see what's not the best in us. Because if we didn't externalize it, if we weren't able to bring it out into the forefront, if we didn't have a relationship with someone, with a coworker, a colleague, a boss, if no one ever made us happy, if no one ever made us sad, how would we ever get an opportunity to see what our identity really is about? Our identity can't be formed in a vacuum. Our identity is formed by interacting with others, even if it's about interacting with nature, <coughs> excuse me, or the planet, or animals, or you know, it 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 doesn't necessarily even have to be about interacting with humans, but it has to be about interacting with something, because in order to be able to have a mirror of the self, you have to have an interaction. I think there. That's that's also I want to put a caveat in there, saying that that is very Western. What I just described is the Western way to spirituality. 
the Eastern way would say we don't have to have an interaction with anybody except ourselves, but we need to sit and meditate and focus on the inside. That's a completely different way to achieve a spiritual path. The path that I like working with 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 people mostly is the Western way, which we don't talk about very often in that way, in that light, you know, that the Western mind and its experience of everything going on outside of it instead of everything going on inside, which is the meditative path, is the Western way to spirituality. We are transformed by the experiences we have outside of us. (coughs) We are elevated and um, made better, made more whole, made more complete, more capable of seeing who we are and what it is that we're made of by the external interactions that we have. We are Westerners. This is our way. It's very yang. <laughs> it's uh, the the more hot, more outward, more driven, more Aries way actually, of, um, you know, finding out who we are as individuals is by going out into the world as opposed to uh, going inside, you know, into the inner world to find out the same answer. You'd get the same answer. It's just through a different path. Hmm. It's awesome. So the external environment the the external experiences that we're having in the world are the experiences that are reflecting back to us who we are when we take that information in if we use that information for self-actualization for saying oh wow this just happened what was that experience that i had with this person if we don't just spend all our time blaming other people for every experience we have then we have an opportunity to grow by seeing what our part is in that experience. How novel would that be? A little bit of human growth, right? So the call-in number is 213-943-3395. If anyone wants to get a reading, I still have time to do one more. And um, pretty much that's that's it. That's the whole idea of this show's segment is that identity creates your path, creates the foundation and successes of your life. Uh, Identity is actually what moves your future forward, and your understanding of yourself is what gives you the power to be able to do that. And it does take time. I think it takes time for us to become aware, for us to... uh, It takes interactions that I was speaking about. It takes situations in our life for us to be able to say, well, this is what I want or this is the choice I'm going to take and it's based on this part of my personality that I know I have. You know, sometimes people hear someone say, wow, I didn't even know you had it in you. And some people will say, I didn't really even know I had it in me. You know, based on the experiences that we have or what comes up, right? Nobody who runs into the burning building, right, who happens to be walking along the street and is going to be a hero that day and be on the news that night, most of those people don't walk around thinking, oh, my God, I have a heroic, selfless personality until it happens right there before them. And um, that's the beauty of living our lives. One of the really amazing things about astrology is that it can help you define those qualities by using the chart as the external model, by saying, well, this is what the chart says about you. You were born at a specific time and you gave us a specific mirror of your personality. Perhaps the chart can give us some clues as to who you are and what it is that you're working on and how you can make that happen in your life the best way possible. Next week, we're going to be talking about what we can learn from astrology. It's going to be, I think, uh, uh, an interesting show. I've asked uh, my friend Pat Magoni to join me as a guest on the show, and I'm very much looking forward to doing that show with her. I'm going to leave you tonight with Broken Bells. The song is called Vaporize. 
I'm Dr. Craig Martin, and I'll see you here next Thursday on the Inside Connection.